guys and girls and welcome to episode four of the Galleria podcast me and ash are back today to talk some movies how are you ash movie talk yeah i'm good bro nice one good uh, for for podcasting i didn't think we'd get past episode two really but uh we're doing well did you we're not believe the, we've got a schedule set up did you not believe I didn't, I didn't have the belief did i, I didn't think <laughs> that we'd all commit to it well i say oh i don't think well, we'd yeah, we'd commit to it, yeah i'm committed i'm always committed I am. But this week, there's not been that much that's happened in the movie world, I would say. So well, The universe has been pretty dry when it yeah. comes to uh, TV and film. The past, the past, in fact, the past like month or so, it's, it's January, isn't it? Yeah, it's happens. a bit boring. Probably worst time to launch a podcast, January. 100%. But, you know, we, we power on. Um, there's been a few bits and bobs that's come out. Uh, we've watched a couple of old films. Uh, we'll go through that later and what have you, talk about them and whatnot. But yeah, do you want to go on to the first topic? Yeah, I can. Uh, we'll jump onto the the elephant in the room. Um, obviously, we record these spread it throughout the week, but as of uh, the 24th, Kong or Godzilla vs. Kong trailer does get released. Um, so hopefully, by the time this podcast has already gone up, the Kong trailer reaction should have already been on the, on the channel. So if you've not seen it or you're on Spotify, jump over to the YouTube um, and check out our live reactions to the trailer. I'm not the biggest Kong Godzilla fan. Um, I love Japanese culture, but again, I'm not a massive massive fan of these two you know, mythological creatures. The same with like, you know, Megalodon and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it's nice, it's intriguing. And even me and Carl went on a, um, a like a 2am binge of random YouTube videos the other oh, day, yeah. watching just random animals that have been CGI'd eat each other and stuff. So yeah. Well, but, um, with the greatest scene in movie history I found that night. where what, A shark, what was it? A shark? Oh, shark puss versus whale wolf. Versus... <laughs> the werewolf is so fucking funny and the shark to puss full on bitch slaps a guy about four times with his tentacle <laughs> it makes me think how these people get away with like putting this in film but oh still. it's the I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed Sharknado so I can't say anything no I enjoyed Sharknado as well I thought they were good films well not, not great films but they were easy watches they were comedy value to them do you know what I mean so they were alright but me personally, that film should win a BAFTA. Should we're out of the Oscar. Oh, one hundred percent. Whoever thought Mate, of get that, that nomi- get that get that nomination sent in for next year. Or Whoever this year. thought of that scene is an absolute genius. I see. I Art can actually cinemaed it. I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate it because it must have took some balls to even put that into a film. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! Can you imagine taking that to your your director and going, "Yes, yeah, so we've got a scene where the shark puss." Bitch slaps a guy about hundred times. <laughs> Taking it to like some like Miramax and being like, "Aye, guys, uh, can you publish this?" <laughs> absolute like, uh, ballsy, maybe. absolute ballsy. But yeah, um, like the Congan. I mean, obviously, we'll have a reaction, like you said, up on channel by the time this goes out. But I actually enjoyed the new godzilla and um king of the monsters i thought it were good apart from like you just said before we started recording millie bobby brown probably let that film down a lot um but I, just people don't want to hear that and i don't want to say that because she's an incredible actress yeah no but... yeah agreed she's uh, i've not watched the new sherlock thing that she's in on netflix oh no yeah we've watched that no yeah really um, really good she 
as a like a front man or a front lady, sorry, um, or a front person or whatever you want to call it, like she plays it a very, very well. Like it, the, the way she played, you can tell like it was a, I don't know, you can tell from watching Stranger Things like season one, like how sort of shy she was. And I even watched Hell's Kitchen the other day and she was in that, mm. like season 17 of Hell's Kitchen when she was tiny. Okay. Um, but you can see, like, she does put the role into her own. And she, I dare say she makes that Shakespeare film. <laughs> oh, God, no, I just Shakespeare. nearly died. Shakespeare. Sorry to cut you <laughs> off, I just nearly died on a cup of tea. This is why you don't drink tea on podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Star Wars and coffee's not today, Carl. No, oh, I do apologise. God, that, that's a clip. But no, yeah, she <laughs> she makes the... Um, what is it? Not, it's not Shakespeare. I'm, I'm losing track. Uh... What's it called now? Sherlock Holmes. The detective. Sherlock Holmes. There we go. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I don't know. I got Shakespeare in my head. Shakespeare. But regardless, yeah. Big detective. Godzilla versus Kong. I think it's going to be good. Godzilla's got beefcaked from the image, and then you sent me that other image from Kong Skull Island, where it. So someone's basically took the Kong versus Skull Island image, where um, what's his name? Loki. What's his name? I have no idea, bro. The guy that plays Loki. <laughs> what's his name? No fucking idea. Well, Who, uh, from Avengers? Yeah. What's his name? Oh. Uh, Why every time we do a podcast can we not think of an, a, actors' names? Oh, oh my God. No idea. Either but way. Anyway, that, the guy that plays Loki, obviously, he's stood in front of Kong and it gives you like a, a size comparison in the new film compared to the old film. And Kong... Has put some beefcake on. Is all I'm. He's saying. evolved. He's massive. He's uh, Tom Hiddleston. Huddle, yeah, right. that's it. Um, but yeah, Kong's grown up. Let's just say that he's not baby Kong anymore. So no, yes, it'd be interesting to see. Um, again, relating for me back to probably what I remember most is I'd say the original Godzilla, but it's not the uh, 2000 or 90s release. I think I can't remember which one it was. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how then two size up to each other now, which one is going to be bigger. Um, and I, I suppose Kong Kong looks bigger and way more powerful when it comes to, um, I guess, the bottom side of things. I'm not, I'm as much as I'm Team Godzilla, you know, there's a lot of people saying Team Kong. At the I, like, think, I think it outweighs it. I think in the spirit of boxing and stuff like that, I think Kong takes it just for the opposable what, what fighting style do you think Kong takes compared to Godzilla? Like Godzilla's it... going to be sort of, sort of like MMA. No, like you see, mixed I, martial arts. I think Kong's going to be more mixed martial arts, to be perfectly honest with you. I do. Kong's like Kimbo Slice. <laughs> I mean, he throw in that little teaser that HBO throw up, he throws a mean left hook. So... Big, big Amy, because you by Kong. <laughs> so, I mean, but the opposable thumb stuff, Kong, like, uh, what did we mention? I don't know if we mentioned this on the last one, but again, he uses weapons in Skull Island and things like that, so... Should be Whereas, pretty good. Would, again, big Godzilla fans and Kong fans might, might be able to know more, but... Uh, I've never seen Godzilla really use a weapon as such. He's got, like, obviously his own attributes, but I've never seen him, like, use a weapon. Yeah. So that might be interesting to see um, how that fares up in between both. But again, we'll have some sort of live reaction to it. The artwork for the, um, the actual film is phenomenal. That like, new poster yeah. is beautiful. It's such a good so poster. Nice. I've not been that hyped by posters for movies that much in a in a long time but that one actually were like oh it's a really nice poster so i just think it, it it depicts kong in such a different way it looks fucking lean he yeah. looks ripped whereas like the kongs that i've seen in the past like what four or five years just look like I, 
I dare say overweight monkeys that are fucking huge. Yeah, they of course are massive, but you know he looks ripped as fuck in this Mm -hmm. poster. And obviously, we don't see Godzilla as much. We only see sort of his back. I think Um, that's more to show that you know because we've seen Godzilla twice now. Do you know what I mean? So I think it were trying um, trying to focus more on the Kong side of things, but. And then obviously one will fall. One, one, one will fall. One will fall. <laughs> I, I I was reading somewhere saying that they can't they they can't really kill either character off. No, I don't think it's going to be. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't think anyone's going to get killed off. I, I genuinely do believe that it will be a Batman v Superman situation. Situation. Yeah. It'll be them two fighting at the beginning of the film, and then at the end they team up to take something else on. I genuinely believe that because they are technically both good guys. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think God's, we've heard it here first. Gallery of Podcast has called it again. I think we're, it, we're good at doing this. If Kong turns around and shouts, "Where's Martha?" Then we're going to have a big problem. That's all I'm saying. Well, we'll leave we'll leave it there with Kong versus um, Godzilla. Because yeah. again, I don't want to say yeah, too much because I'd, like, got I'd like to debrief the um the trailer so if you are interested in kong versus godzilla i know a few people are in the um the cine world or the cine universe so hop on over to the youtube channel and check out the live reaction on that um but never 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 nevertheless um i forgot to mention the director so i'm just going to quickly jump on that because i was speaking to you before the podcast about yeah, you it were, yeah. um but adam wingard so the guy who did VA, vhs class horror film vhs uh, 2 another class horror film and, and one of the first films I remember when I studied film at uh, college, a college level, we were shown in class was Blair Witch Project. Um, and I didn't know it was the director from that. So, yeah, um, game was terrible. Um, anything that's come out in the past couple of years, the comic was terrible for Blair Witch. But no, I really enjoyed the film. So I know I've you said you've not watched it. So it. I'm too scared. Too scared. This is definitely, I'm wearing a Friday 13th hat. I've got fucking. Freddy Krueger on my shirt. I've got Freddy Krueger on my uh, on my trousers, on my uh, my shorts. I so we'll get to some horrors. I soon. just don't do horrors well. I the, I like them. I do enjoy watching them, but I can never bring myself to watch a horror film on my own. I'm that much. Are of we a talking? Pussy. Are we talking like? It's anything. It, right. So we're not talking like Conjuring stuff. Are we talking? Oh like, no, Conjuring. I've had Conjuring on my PC. I bought it probably three years ago. Uh, and I've it. still not watched it, and it's still sat on my PC to this day because I never bought a Blu-ray. I, just, I think I bought it because uh, an ex-girlfriend wanted to watch it, and then we never ended up watching it. But I was intrigued because I do love Conjuring One. I think it's a great film, but I, I can't watch it on my own. So I've been so waiting. Said, the type of like, on, sorry. I've been waiting for someone to watch it with for three years. It might be a live uh, Carl's new place. We might have to do a live yeah, conjuring we'll, episode. Yeah, we'll have to do that. I mean, some viral clips coming out. Of yeah, that. honestly, I shown you the clip, uh, the clip of me watching um, <laughs> what's with the kettle. What's the what's haunted of ha- uh, Bly Manor? Hill House. Yeah, oh, uh, haunted Bly- Hill House, wasn't it? Or no, Bly, Bly Manor. Right. And the kettle scared me. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do that what you will. See, when it when it comes to ghoulies or like spiritual stuff i'm not really a massive fan of when it comes to that my sort of like horror is anything slasher a bit gory you know texas chainsaw massacre friday 13th um a bit cool like hobo with a shotgun you know some stuff that's getting a bit on the on the edge of sci-fi horror alien obviously friday 13th like i'm not a massive fan of uh, like paranormal activity stuff like that like it's a bit it's all right but it's too close to like 
reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Paranormal Activity 2, mate, got me like no one's business. Because you went from Paranormal Activity 1, where everything... There's not two in the cinema. Well, in 1, everything happens at night time, doesn't it? Mm. Like, you know, every night we've got night 2 and then stuff starts moving. You think baby stuff that grades you, me out. You think you're safe in day in the daytime, but then Paranormal Activity Two switches it on its head, and it has that scene where everything comes out at cupboards in daytime, and all like, well, well this not... is the thing. What I, I I've never got this in my head. Why do people think they're more safe at night at, in at the day than they are in the night? I don't know. Because you just because it's dark. I guess maybe you just. I just. I feel like when I'm watching a horror film, I feel more secure in the daytime than I do at the night time. It's why people turn the lights off when they're watching horror films and they watch them at night time. I don't know, it adds that added suspense to it. Jesus Christ, you want to, quit, you want to come in my room at night time? It's like Blackpool. <laughs> we all yeah. RGB. Well, yeah, <laughs> to be fair, that's like mine, to be fair. But yeah, even slashers get me, though, at the same time. Like, I could watch a slasher and then I'll go downstairs and I'm, you know... Looking through looking window, like looking over my shoulder, yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like I'm that guy, you know, that turns light off and then jumps out at room. You got Runs to be upstairs, up, quick yeah. You got to try and beat the the light upstairs. <laughs> well, 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 speaking of slashes, obviously we we have some uh, some new film news coming for 21, uh, which is nice because we are starting January. However, not so good news is that 007 has now been pushed back to October 21. Um, I saw it coming, like I expected it. It wasn't something that I thought, right, okay, it's 21 now, we're going to get a release time anytime soon. I personally think, and again, we said this before we started, that I, I personally think they're waiting for the box office now. Um, they don't want to release a film where they can get a, like a limited home review. They want to get it out to box office and try and break some sort of you know, records, I guess. Um, whether that's going to happen or not with the current situation in the UK, it is getting better, I guess. Um, but I, I was still oh, well, nowhere near. It's not getting better because yesterday better. was the highest deaths in the oh, whole. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're definitely not. I assumed. Better. I just assumed we'd been in lockdown for nearly a year. I thought it was getting better. No, we're definitely you can not. Tell how much I watched the news. And we've created a variant that's only in Britain. So I mean, and it's more deadly. Well, so well, we're not getting Britain's better. great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be another six months maybe on lockdown than I imagine yeah, uh, at this rate. At the film side of things, I get where they're coming from and they, they are waiting and waiting and waiting and wanting the box office numbers. But the problem is with that in the UK, the more you wait, the less cinemas are going to be open. Do you know what I mean? Like, are Cineworld going to make it to... I know they're not the only I d- cinema I don't branch. think we'll have a cinema. No. I'm, I, as much as I don't want to say that because obviously... With you know, your new um, your new you know, housemate Tony, um, I reckon that I reckon we'll have a cinema still in Chesterfield. It'd be such a waste if we did, but I'm not quite sure how how much revenue our cinema takes. Because whenever I've, I've been realistically, it's never been that that busy. It's never been Sheffield busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I mean, I suppose it's okay. It stays open. I suppose it's okay on like launch days and stuff like that. But even me personally, when a big film comes out, I'm going to Sheffield. I'm going to watch it in IMAX. So. You know, your smaller releases, I'll go and watch in Chesterfield because it's just more accessible. You'll have to go down the road. But, you know, them bigger films that you want to experience in IMAX, like your Avengers and your Bonds and stuff like that, like the last Bond I went to see in IMAX. So, you know, I just think they... I think a lot of companies should use this opportunity to test the waters and with, home with home releases and see if it'll work. Do you know what I mean? It's the prime opportunity to do it. Nobody's going to say anything if it doesn't make a lot of money because you've always got COVID to fall back on then. 
And it's it, the same as like Ghostbusters of the Afterlife. That's been alright. It's apparently now 11th of November. Yeah, um, I saw that. So earlier, I, yeah. is that going to be a home release as well, or are they waiting to try and push that into cinemas? Do you think at the same time? Again, it seems like that that's had now two delays, Ghostbusters. Yeah. So again, if it's had more than one delay, I feel like that film's pretty much done. So, well, in terms of its marketing, or like it's finished as it's in finished as finished. in filming. I don't know about post production oh, yeah, and stuff like that, but I feel like it's almost close to be done and could be released on its. It's the same. I've seen it about No Time to Die. Like people have said that it's ready to be released, and even like inside stuff on Twitter. And obviously, you take Twitter with a pinch of salt, but people have said that No Time to Die could release like a home video now. Like it wouldn't be an issue to to push it out to publications and then let's say ship it on a streaming service and then ship it onto, you know, Blu-ray and DVD release. Now, are they going to do that with it possibly being Daniel Craig's sort of final appearance in 007? I don't know. Um, Again, we spoke about the We were in the 007 quick side the last two episodes. Um, Uh, But it's like, are we going to see... You know, are we gonna? Is it something to do with Craig, or is it Sony Pictures? Like, what what are we seeing here? Um, Bottom of the line is that I'd love to see it in the cinema, no no doubt. Uh, Are we gonna though? So yeah, I'd I'd want to see it in the cinema, but I mean, at a time where my personal opinion on it is, is if you're worried about not getting the numbers in a lockdown, I mean, what have we got to do? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Nothing. People are gonna spend the money on that. If that makes sense, like Mulan, for instance, there were nothing else to do. There were no movies out and stuff like that. It were an extra twenty quid on top of your Disney Plus um, subscription. I bought it because there was nothing else to do, nothing else to watch. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So people are more going to be more willing to spend that money because they can't go out and there ain't no other films that are coming out and things like that. It they've got the extra money. I know everybody's on eighty percent of you know their money. Most people. I say, but they're saving money by not going to these places, cinemas, going out for drinks and things like that. So, me personally, I think you're missing an actual beat of not releasing it because I think the film's ready, personally. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, so, 100%. Um, what have you watched this week then? What have you watched? Well, we started. Anything, nothing. <laughs> it got a bit weird towards end. The last film does not mix with the first three films that I watched. <laughs> and it's mad. I well, I mean, this, 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 it happens. You know, sometimes you might watch a, a bit of an animation on Disney and next minute you might have a, a slasher on. Like, you know, so it is what it is. we started on a sci-fi binge. So I, I, basically, I was gonna, I've been wanting to watch Ad Astra for a long time and I thought, right, I'm going to finally get around to watching it. With Ashley's praise. I give you yeah, a lot of praise. Yeah, gave, it gave it a lot of praise. <laughs> and I found... I, I went on Amazon, found Ad Astra, bought it, then ended up watching The Martian on Netflix. For some, still a very good film. Yeah, which is incredible. I don't know why. I started Ad Astra. I saw it involving space, and I just had such an urge to watch The Martian because I think that film's incredible, and I don't think it gets. I think Interstellar gets a lot more praise than what The Martian does. And I think they're just um, as good. I think films. it's more culty. I think. Yeah. Um, but I think they're just as good as each other. I know they're kind of different in in the sense of you know at the end all the craziness in an Interstellar and what have you. But I think they're two similar films that came out around the same time, and one got a lot more praise than the other. And Martian, for some reason, whether it's Matt Damon and the whole Matt Damon cliche <laughs> thing, I don't know. But but then I, whenever I think of Ridley Scott, I never think of Martian. So, no, yeah, to be, be fair, 
Um, but yeah, I, so I ended up watching Martian, and then I watched the first half of Ad Astra. So you still not finished it. it. Well, no, it took me two days to watch it, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't enjoy it at all. I thought the movie was slow, the story was slow. I, the main character, Brad Pitt's character, I just didn't. From fight. like a a technical standpoint, the film was gorgeous. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it looks beautiful. Don't well, yeah, don't get that. me wrong. Like the the moon scene where they're on, you know, the buggies and they're having the 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 pirates. It was filmed so well, but I just there were a lot about it that I just didn't enjoy. I thought it was such a slow movie, and the the story didn't intrigue me that much. And I don't think Brad Pitt plays that character that well. You know. No, because it's um, supposed to be I, this. I mean, I agree to disagree. I think I, I think Brad Pitt's one of those characters that, again, similar to a lot of these cult Hollywood stars that will play anything and put you know and put his name out there to a, to a decent film. And I think he did play it well. Um, but like you say, when you're comparing it to a to a you know a film, let's say like Martian or even a you know a Ridley Scott stuff, you you're going to get the nice color palette from any director realistically um ad astra if i'm honest with you like i prefer ad astra's cinematography and colors compared to the martian like uh, you know a, a beat um but i didn't watch ad astra in the theater release i watched ad astra at home and i watched martian at the cinema so okay it, it might be it might be that i think if i watched ad astra in a theater that i might think it's uh, you know a better um but and i know i wish a 4k tele home so it makes no difference really other than you know, being a big <laughs> screen but no, I, I've got to agree. I enjoyed Martian a lot more than Ad Astra. Ad Astra is just good for me from a technical standpoint. That's yeah, it, I mean, I, I, I finally watched it and I, it were okay. I don't think I'd ever... Like with Martian, I've watched that three or four times now and same with Interstellar and things like that. And then, But I don't think I'd ever watch Ad Astra again, personally. Uh, See, I understand where you're coming from from a story standpoint because I've, I've just Googled here and the fact check myself quickly. Um, and I've never never really watched anything from James Gray um, other than Ad Astra. So he's done The Lost City of Z 2016, mm-hmm. um, to uh, We Own the Night 2007, uh, Ninja Extreme Weapons that sounds right up my street. Um, back, I think I was probably one of his first uh, first releases. So yeah, I've not really watched much from no, James Gray. I can't but... say. Yeah. Um, it... I mean, it were okay. Again, like I say, I wouldn't ever go back to watching it after the other the other two that I mentioned, Interstellar and Martian. I haven't watched Interstellar this week, but I've found myself watch you know an urge to watch them again. So, Sci-fi film, it's what it yeah. is. And I mean, the next one that I watched, I've watched. I've not watched off the in, rails here in about six or seven years, but I I ended up watching Armageddon. Right, okay, fair, uh, fair. And I do love that film. I think it was one of the first films I ever saw on my own at the cinema um, when I was younger. And we I spoke about how much Carl dislikes going to the, the uh, yeah, cinema. Yeah, I'm not a fan of going on my own, but I remember going and watching it on my own. And that film, to me, for some reason, people always say Deep Impact or Armageddon. And I'm like... Even Keller Fish. Well, they, it's because they're both asteroid movies and it's coming yeah, it's to a... Yeah, different of fish. Yeah. I just think Armageddon, it's, it's got a great storyline. It's got a great cast. It's got great comedy moments that keeps the movie flowing perfectly fine. I, yeah, everything about that film. I don't know if it was some, because I loved it as a kid that I love it now 
and I can't. It is, it is one of those films that I mean, it, it's culty, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's something that you'll no matter. Like, in fact, if, if you flick through it and you flick it through Sky, and then thirty-five minutes in, you see Armageddon's on a channel, I'd you still watch it. it. You can watch it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know if I um, can I'm not see a massive it in a bad fan light. of. Do you know okay. what I mean? Because because of how much I liked it when I were, you know, because it holds... again the the nostalgia, the nostalgia yeah. thing. I, I, we touch on this loads, but it's the same thing. Like it's because it is a culty film. It's something you grew up with. You don't you won't think it's terrible. Like um, being an art form, film, TV, and cinema, it's very subjective to the person. So that again, I get that. But what I was going to say is, I'm not a huge fan of Bruce Willis. Um, the reason behind that is. Obviously, I've read Kevin Smith's uh, book. Kevin, Kevin, yeah, Kevin yeah. talks a lot about Cop Out and how much of a dickhead he was on on site. Um, whether that because he's got to the point where he's you know he's been a list for a long, long time now, and he just sort of you know some of the Kevin Smith things he's, he talks about like not wanting to do certain shots, not turning up on site on time, not you know just being a general grade A wanker. Yeah, um, that's an excuse so as it, well. It puts me in a bit of a sticky situation because, you know, Die Hard, uh, Pulp Fiction, The Sixth Sense, you know, like some proper, proper cult films that are all fantastic. And Bruce Willis is great, you know. So I'm not debating as a good actor. Maybe his personality might be a bit on the ropes. Um, yeah, it's, but yeah so- it's one of them, isn't it? I think he just got... I bet he were very different in his younger career than in his early career yeah. compared to his later career. I feel like he probably thought Cop Out were probably beneath him. Do you know I what I mean? So that's but then why, why, why? Like, I guess he wants the money. It's know. the paycheck, isn't it? I mean, uh, the cop out part was Bruce Willis really doing that great. It brought out. I'm just checking out 2010. Um, other than he did Red, which is all right. But did um, it do? It weren't nothing major. There weren't nothing that were your diehards and things like that. It weren't. You weren't seeing Bruce other, Willis other than like Sin City in 2015. Uh, 2005 sorry um he's done he did nothing really i mean over like over the hedge 16 uh, 16 blocks like there's no lucky number 11 i guess but there's nothing that's really like out there top tier bruce yeah. willis whereas back in day die hard and stuff like that around that time you put bruce willis's name on the poster and people are coming to the cinema you know exactly. so probably he's probably still got this chip on his shoulder where he thinks I'm Bruce Willis but does that even really mean anything anymore it's the same as the in my opinion it's the same as whacking a Will Smith name on a poster nowadays does that really mean that it's going to be a box office success no Mm. what was the last box office success that Will Smith had personally Gemini Man didn't do great uh, no, terrible. Bad Boys 3 only did great because it was the only film I, that went into... Nostalgia aspects, and, like the same thing. But then it was the only... It worked, what, it came out in February, Bad Boys 3, and then we the whole world went into lockdown in March. So they were the only films that really got a cinema release. So yeah. that's the only reason so. that they did well. It's, you know, you if you'd have had a normal year last year and, and your Bonds have come out and your your Marvel films like Black Widow and stuff like that, would Bad Boys 3 have even been in top 10? It, um, again, I think it's probably nostalgia aspect with with that. I don't think Because I think, I think Bad Boys 3 made something like 400 million or something. And that, I don't even know if that's right. I can't remember what it made. But it were a low number for it to be the top box office movie of the year. Like, has Will Smith really done anything? 26.5 million. Yeah, so has he done anything since I Am Legend? Um, off the top of my 
head. I mean, when now? we're when we're um, two thousand and seven Iron Legend. So I, I feel like Bruce Willis had Suicide Squad. But did that do that great? Because it were a bad film. A lot of people hated it. Personally enjoyed it. I <laughs> like I enjoyed it. I didn't think it Not was that lie. great personally. But what I'm saying is, I think, but you are right in saying. Um, I think that. the company who Kevin, whoever produced the, the film, I don't know who did Cop Out, but I feel like they wanted Bruce Maybe Willis. And they thought it was going to sell because Bruce Willis were in it. See, I love Cop Out. I think it's a great film. I do. Tracy Morgan's amazing in that film. But again, you can't just whack people's names on it and just expect it to sell. And I think that's what Bruce Willis has still got that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. It is past his prime, I'd say now. Um, we've been on Bruce for this tangent. <laughs> uh, have you got one more? Have you watched one more for you? Um, yes. <laughs> so this is where it went a bit non-sci-fi and I say a bit very non-sci-fi I watched Four Brothers with Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg so uh, not something I've seen personally um, what era was it is it Mark Bill is it his early career or? It's, yeah it's well probably I'd say it's the start of his comeback because there were a point where Mark Wahlberg were in everything you know Oh, fuck yeah and it were just at the beginning of that and I think Four Brothers might have had something to do with it with because I think it got quite a good cult following as well, to be fair. Um, but it's just your typical crime drama. So yeah, it's, you know, story of an old lady gets killed, she's got four foster kids, they come back to town and, you know, start shooting up some gangs. But I don't know, I just... It, I think it's the chemistry on screen with all the characters and things like that. It just works well. The story is actually intriguing. It has got a bit more depth to it than what I've just said. The story is actually intriguing. The acting's great. The setting's good. It sounds very much like a action comedy sort of, you know, yeah. Saturday afternoon watch. Sort oh of yeah, it definitely. You know, you could just sit in, sit down on afternoon, and just sit and watch it. I, I would recommend it. It's, I, I watched it years and years and years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And I'd seen it a couple of times, and then I saw it on Netflix yesterday. I only watched it yesterday. I saw it on Netflix yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to give this a watch." And sat down, and thoroughly still enjoyed that film. And a, ni- a nice, easy film. I don't think the I've not really enjoyed Mark Wahlberg in a lot other than sort of Lone Survivor and probably The Fighter. Um, Daddy's Home and stuff like that ruined Mark Wahlberg. If he Ted was cool. Um, but it, we start to get a bit where I thought, you know, Warburg had gone from being this, you know, actor that's going to do a lot of these action films, Pain and Gain, um, the Italian job at 2003, like to the point where he started to go a bit more to comedy for me. Ted sort of, Ted 2 pushed that over the boundary. Uh, Ted 1 was, it was, it was great. Um, but yeah, Lone Survivor, if you've not watched that with Mark Wahlberg, I've, absolutely yeah, fantastic. I, I, see, I love Mark Wahlberg and I can watch him in things like Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2 and things like that. I think he's... I think he's even yeah. I think he's even the best part about the bad Transformers films, and a lot of people don't like right. him in the Transformers films. But I think he's if there's anything good to take away from the Transformer movies, it's Mark Wahlberg, in my opinion. But again, that's different people's opinions. I mean, I watched one of my favourite films from him is Deepwater Horizon. If you've never seen that. No, no. Uh, I've just seen it on uh, his release is 2016, but yeah, never seen it's, it. Uh, it's literally a film about a, an oil rig fire, but it's it's actually incredible that film. I, I that and Lone Survivor are probably two of my favourite films as, from him. 
uh, Patriots Day. Like, oh yeah, Patriots Day. That's a great yeah, film. It's always interested me, but I've never seen it. Like, yeah. it's always interesting me that film. It's such a great film. I loved Patriots Day. Uh, Contra is that about is... the Boston Marathon. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He's in another one called it. Contraband as well, which is really good. I think I've seen that. Is that on Netflix recently? Uh, I've seen, seen something with him in. I'm not sure, but I, I, he's done some bad. Don't get me wrong, but he. But he's done some really good as well at the same time, and yeah, like even Entourage, the like the story of his life. I only watched that because it was the story of Mark Wahlberg. Well, I, and this might show you that I I have watched all seasons of The Wahlbergers, so that might. <laughs> I don't think I've watched any of it. Do you know Do you know what The Wahlbergers is? No. Nope. So the Wahlberger fam, the Wahlberg family, they own a ch- chain of. Uh, burger restaurants in America called Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, his family. Yeah, him, Donny. Right. What his family or just him? Him and Donny, I think it is the guy that's in the TV shows that were in New right. Kids on the Block. Um, but it's just basically a a reality TV show about Wahlberg's burger joints, and it's incredible. <laughs> I mean. It sounds like something you'd binge, but I don't know how interesting it would be. Oh no! It, Saying it, that, I I started watching Eastbound and Down again the other day. So I mean, Eastbound and Down's that. amazing. But honestly, I just I I think I have a uh, a man crush on Mark Wahlberg. Maybe confirmed. <laughs> Carl now loves back from episode one anime and Mark Wahlberg. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you can get anywhere close to that, hit him up. You got his uh, you got his Instagram. Um, first film I watched then, um, again, sticking to my new resolution, uh, was Battle Royale. Now, I've never seen this. Um, to, again, everybody who I've spoke to has said it's super cool. It's always passed my radar. Like I've always always seen people talk about it, but I never watched it. Um, I think it's until this year, or like the end of last year, I couldn't really watch films with subtitles. I weren't really that bothered. Um, but now I have. But yeah, in, in, fantastic. Really, really good story. Um, classic action. You've got obviously that like two thousand early two thousands gore. So you're getting people shot to death and people jumping out of buildings, flamethrowers, fires. Like it's that classic action film. Um, yeah. And it obviously takes homage to what we've seen in the game industry now. We have most games going BR, Warzone, Fortnite, um, H1Z1, Battle Royale. Like all these games that are now took this franchise over. I think oh oh homage to to this game uh, to this film. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd agree. And I'm, I don't and know films the, like the Hunger Games between, and things like that do I, as well. I don't know the history between Hunger Games and Battle Royale. Now, I've seen something online about how obviously Hunger Games is a similar sort of idea to Battle Royale. Was that a, a thing that went through a director's head when when creating that film, or the writer's head? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it must have. But because people always say that like Hunger Games were the first to you know to do it and stuff like that. But I mean, there were even. The Stone Cold Steve Austin one, the Condemned before Hunger Games, that did it was like kind of an American Good. homage to um, Battle Royale. So yeah. I, do, I, I genuinely don't know. You would think so because it's very similar in the concept. This is the, this is the thing with Battle Royale. Like uh, obviously, I, I bought the Arrow release. Can you can you not like I bought the Arrow once? So I watched all the special editions and, and all the back stuff story on it. Um, obviously. My other half hates that because I won't watch a film that I'll watch then the special features <laughs> after the film. So we'll, we'll watch the making of and then anything else that's come with it. Um, Tarantino had a big sort of influence into to, uh, Battle Royale and really loved it apparently. So there was a trailer out for that. Um, and then just 
how culty it was in like over in Japan, just how it broke so many records and and people actually got a little bit sort of I think touchy about the subjects. I think it grossed something stupid. Oh yeah, I um, remember it being big. I do. I, th- I think it, I think it might have caused a bit of controversial uh, controversy did, over in know, Japan but... as well. Because essentially, I mean, if, if people are not familiar with the story, uh, obviously most people are f- familiar with the stories of Battle Royale, so it takes the same aspect of that, but essentially it's taking an overpopulated city or area from these kids and dropping them into a place and being like, right, okay, fight for your survival. So you're killing off maybe 30, 40, 50, 100 people uh, and one survives. So that's kind of like, you know, how the story is, I guess. Um uh, quite controversial when sort of Japan is at the a breaking point of public population right now, yeah. um, and, and you know struggling to people you know sleeping and having properties that are you've seen the tall mini homes and stuff over oh, in Japan yeah, like it's crazy. So it, it, I mean, it's not too far from reality. Like, it could it happen in yeah. the near future, possibly. Possibly. Did you? Uh, so Battle Royale was that? Yeah. Have you ever seen? I was just gonna go. Are you gonna watch Battle Royale two? Or you're not going to buy it? Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, if I can get it on Arrow release or Blu-ray, then probably. Um, it's by the same director, I think, it? Kinji Fuzaki, yeah. whatever his name is. Um, it's not, not as, I don't know. It's not as yeah, good. I'm never a fan of watching the seconds. It's it's worth a watch. I would, I would you follow recommend. the story on for the original? Uh, yeah. Yeah? I would recommend. Okay, it's not as good, don't get me wrong. But I would, if you can get it, it'll look good in your collection as well. And it's worth a watch. Well, there is that. So, so, so possibly, um, going to something second, which is, uh, this is the same day, but I have a tendency to watch films in our home theater, i.e. downstairs. And then after that's finished and everyone's gone to bed, I'll end up sitting up here watching whatever's on sky. Uh, and lo and behold, classic, um, classic Arnold film came on last action hero. Now, can you not love it? Um, John McTarran, obviously die hard, like the film, it, it, it sits nice and hot in Carl's heart, but again, nostalgia aspects. It's one of those films that every time I see it, I have to buy it, whether I'm at a car boot or I'm at, you know, a second-hand store or a charity shop, anything like that, or even like a CX or game, for example. Like, I hate leaving it. So it's one of them things. For, that yeah, I you hate leaving it, it for, to just sit there and get dusty because you... Yeah, exactly. People like need to appreciate that film, though. That it, I'm the same with Predator, I think. I can't leave a Predator. I, it's... It hurts me. Anything to do with the original Predator, it's got to, it's got to come with me. Well, I, I do the same with Alien collections. I think I've got like a couple of Alien DVDs and special editions. I'm I'm on the hunt. FYI, any gallery of people listening, I'm on the hunt for the Xenomorph um, special edition bus, the fifth, 45th anniversary. It's about this big. It's got all the collection in it. Um, but it's, yeah, £144 something on eBay. So if anybody's got it cheaper than that, hit me up. Um, but, yeah, last, but no, yeah, uh, last, last action, action hero, cult sort of. Cult classic, cult. absolute gem, absolute gem. And a lot of people don't say last action hero when they think about Arnie, which... Um, I can see why. It's not like, I wouldn't say it's one of his you know, best films, if anything. Um, but it's that it's the, it's the cheesy one-liners. Like it, It's just that the way the film plays out is predictable yeah, but enjoyable like yeah. the best so no, that was my take on watching the definitely. best scene in that whole film is when he goes into the movie store and van damme is the terminator is, is, it, van, my, is it van damme or is it stallone i don't it might be stallone it, not two days yeah i'm not quite sure it's either van damme or stallone i can't remember but i don't imagine it was in, van damme i don't know it'd be stallone but he goes in and either them two there's a cardboard cut out it might be Stallone, but they're they're the Terminator in this universe, and I thought that were, yeah, because you were like, oh so my, my god. <laughs> my favorite, 
it's 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 probably no it's not like a cult he, he's seen this but it's after he's been dropped in like the the pool of tar or whatever it is and he's getting up out of it they sort of transport to to a car scene where Arnie essentially just drives his car full force into somewhere and he's like you do realize you're not a cop right it just crushes this guy yeah. with it with a thing like just stop it's those little one-liners in films like that where you're like okay that that bit is so sick i think each individual person takes a different thing out of an yeah. Arnie film and it's like right that's my favorite bit whether it's popular or not but um, someone always says yeah, to me, what's your favourite Arnie quote? And like, people expect the Albie Backs and the Dickwards, but mine is genuinely in Predator 1, where he, he chucks the knife at the guy and he sticks to the wall and he's just like, stick around. Like, stick it's, around. it's so good. Because before that, you also get there where he kicks the door down and he's like, knock, knock. <laughs> I think Arnie back in his day, prime time, like... One-liners, cheesy one-liners, of the boy. Yeah, um, yeah. But now, I mean, come on, man! I, like, he needs to just give it up now. I think. I think just leave yeah, you, leave your legend as it was, if that makes sense. You tarnish his career. If yeah, on yeah. Stop else. tarnishing your career. Just carry on. He's kind of he's kind of going down that Steven Seagal route where he's just going to start doing out. Do you know what I mean? Just for but a it's, paycheck. It's kind of the same as, as Stallone, though. Like with Stallone's new action film coming out. I'm a bit like, kind of leave it, mate. Like, I don't want to think bad of your career. Like, I love you so much, but don't fucking I think don't tarnish your career with new stuff. I think Stallone's going down a path, though, that he knows he needs to stop with the action stuff. I I think may, maybe we'll see if with this new Stallone action film that it might not be very, like, him doing the action-centric. I think he's going to have... Somebody I mean, I've seen some screenshots them. with him ripping somebody out of a car, to be honest with you. But, yeah, yeah, but them kind of things. I just think that it might, you might get a side character that is more more of a focus than you think, if that makes sense. So, like, if you're going to go down a career path where you've started changing it up a little bit and you're just going to start acting more rather than just being the action hero, then I'm fine with that. But someone like Seagal that doesn't do that at the moment, he's just like, yeah, chuck me in, I'll do something with my hands and then I'll take my paycheck, you know. Exactly. Put my name on it, the old Bruce Willis trick, yeah. put my name on it, it might sell some tickets, there you go. So. But, but on the on the Sloan app, my, uh, my third film of the week was First Blood, Rambo First Blood. I've, I've been on a bit of a, like, a nostalgia trip again, um, just enjoying old school sort of films. It's one of them. I think I think First Blood's probably my favourite in the Rambo franchise, um, just being number one, I, I enjoyed it more, but... Classic film. I, I watched that in two parts. Um, watched it, well, I think it was like Friday afternoon. So Friday morning, then a Friday afternoon. It's a way that I enjoy old school films now. You, you don't it, have to like, you once you've watched something once, you can you know, pause it pause multiple it times. And come and then, back to it at a later date. Whereas like something new, I, I, I have to watch it. You have to watch it all through, which is a shame. Because I didn't do that with Ad Astra. But you know. No. Fifth, Rambo fifth one, though, I, I remember the first time watching that film, mind blown. See, I probably only watched it maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. So not, you probably, when did you watch it? Like, I think uh, I re-watched 19, them. 1982. Yeah, I think I rewatched them all when the new Rambo came out. Like last year, not right, year okay. before. Was it Last Last Blood? Oh, I went on a bit so of a, a couple Stallone of friends bunch. have done that. Yeah. Um, I kind of do that. I did that with Creed as well. I went back and watched all the Rockies um, and then Creed 1. And I, say, I tend to do that. That's what I... You know, I did it with Rambo, and I'd not seen Rambo one in ages, and I forgot how good that. I film think that's is. why I watched it. Like I'd not, I'd not, I forgot how groundbreaking for an eighties film that yeah. film was, and like how just how well it shot the story, like how Stallone acts in it. Just 
it it's one of those films that I think has aged very well. Very similar to like a lot of these cult music, like Stone Roses and like Metallica, yeah. Black Sabbath. Like it ages well. Um, new stuff tends to be a bit rote on like and on the ropes. I think the thing with Rambo one is so Rambo two. I think you remember Rambo two and three more because he's this badass that's fighting armies and things like that. Yeah. Whereas in Rambo one, you don't. I feel like Rambo one had more behind it. If that makes sense. The the story set up more in one than it is in two and three to yeah. show you why he is this badass and you know his mannerisms and the way he acts and just the general badassness of Rambo himself. Like it, it sets the the scene of you know how it happened. Um, can think... you watch Rambo two and three without without watching Rambo one? Yeah, of course. Um, but I think if you want to get the full Rambo experience. experience. Yeah, you definitely should watch No Wine and Follow the Story. Like, in the death toll in Rambo 1, like, two or something like that. It's one. Um, one. Kills, kills, the, one yeah. kills one person in Rambo 1. Does it Does it count the kill from the chopper? I can't remember the, the policeman's name. Well, it says, I've just Googled it, and it says, on-screen kills by Rambo in First Blood, he goes from one. And this shows you how how the movie no, It's not him, it can't be him. But it's, um, what's his name? The uh, chief. Yeah. So it shows you how the films have evolved across the time and what they actually turned into. And this is, I think this is why you remember part two and three more because it's just mindless action. Yeah. So Rambo one is one kill. Rambo two is 75. Rambo three is 115. Rambo four is 254. (laughs) This Um, is the thing I'm trying to think now. The, Rambo 1, so the first kill, or the only kill, the only two kills that I can remember, or one kill, I guess, in, in, in this statistic, would have been, I don't know if it counts as a kill, because he throws the rock at the chopper, and the um, the policeman with the sniper falls out. I think that technically kills himself. I don't think Rambo killed him. And then the sheriff at the end. I, I don't, we, does it say who who is the, the, the kill there? It said, uh, so uh, Rambo 1. So, it, yeah, it just says that there's only one kill. Rambo throws a rock at the cockpit of the helicopter, causing the pilot to lose right. control of the chopper and Galt, who was firing from the just open in, door. I don't to think fall he kills off. him. He must injure him. So yeah, so he definitely kills him. He must injure Sheriff End. So he literally kills one person. I mean, they've got it down as he kills one person in Rambo One. But again, like I was saying, it just shows you what they they changed the films into and how I feel like Rambo One was such a different film to Two and Three. Two and three. So it weren't Definitely. just a. I know it was an action fest of one, but it had a bit more to it than two and three. I guess it changes with the demographic of what people want and the, yeah. the ages. Like, sort of two and three era, we're sort of borderline in like you're getting up there to try and quantize James Bond's like his stealth kills. You're getting up there with you know Mission Impossible's. Like you come in there with with Arnie's films like Terminator. Yeah. Like you you're having to rivalry this action that's now getting put into the future. So I yeah. guess that's probably why. I think that's why Rambo One's one of my favorite films because you can appreciate it for more than just the action side of it, which I do love. Don't get me wrong. Like Rambo Two and Three are incredible as well, but I think Rambo One's my favorite of all of yeah. all of them. So. Well, my fourth film, I don't know if you've seen this either, my fourth and final film of the podcast today, 
uh, if you stick around this so far, is Donnie Darko. Um, again, I've been on the Arrow binge. This is a new Arrow film that I released. I got the anniversary edition. Obviously, it was Donnie Darko's 15th anniversary three days ago, four days ago from filming this. Um, Richard Kelly was an independent film and then picked up, went sort of big time. I think, again, it's aged very well. Um, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. Never. You know, Donnie Darko. Never Shit. really bothered. Very, very never good. really bothered me as a film. Not my cup of tea. So it lands sort of. I was trying to. I was trying to find a demographic for this and where it actually lands because it's a lot of people put it with a horror demographic. A lot of people put it with sci-fi demographic, and I sort of. I think it fits in between. Now, I don't want to ruin the story for Donnie Darko because it's very. I'm going to use it, I'm going to use the term Inception-like, where the story, it takes you a couple of times to really nail and understand the actual story of Donnie Darko uh, and what it goes through and, and you know how the character portrays itself, um, Jake Gillahan or Gillahan, I'm going to butcher his name. But class film, really, really, again, a cult film. I've got to lend it you to watch because then we could talk about it more. I'm trying not to spoil it by saying anything that, that's without it. But <laughs> it, it's one of the, I think it's one of them films like you'll see uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? Yeah, Will Ferrell's in it. Is he really? Uh, pretty sure it's Will Ferrell and Donnie Darko. I might be wrong. No, it's not Will Ferrell. Uh, I'm going to say Will Ferrell. What's his name? Fucking hell. He, he'll act, he acts with Will Ferrell. I'm going to get it wrong. It's a comedian who you don't expect to be playing um, John C. a sort of bully role. Seth Rogen. Oh. Bloody hell, there we go. We got it right. Oh, yeah, no, right, Seth okay. Rogen's in it. Oh, no. So I, I... you don't. You don't expect to see him in it, and he's playing a character that, and again, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but he's playing a character that's so far out of what Seth Rogen is that you'd be like, what? And most people don't even realise he's in it just okay. because he's playing nowhere near you know, the character that we know Seth Rogen now and love. I'll have to try um, it one day. I will. But I've got it on I've got an Arrow Blu-ray 4K. I'm straight in it, mate. You can watch that. I will lend you that. Really good film. Um, again, less about it, the better again if you've not seen it. But cult classic. I think it gets a sort of like three, four out of five on most websites. A lot of my friends that I know that are into movies, like I've got a couple of mates that absolutely bummed on it, Arco. So it was just, just for me, it was never one that like, I saw trailers and it just didn't interest me that much. See, when it first came out, um, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I, I, I re-watched it in college. Now, I, I mentioned earlier when Blair Witch Project, when studying film production, it's two of the films that they first showed you was Blair Witch Project and Donnie Darko, just because it sort of breaks the boundary of what film production yeah. is. And it takes some it takes something from someone, some people sort of being super independent and coming from no real film backgrounds into then, right, okay, here's a blockbuster hit that's going to age really, really well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, running time, I think, is like... Two hours, an hour and something. I suppose um, it's time to give it a try. I do. 100%. I think my uh, problem really, with films really like that is, I think the problem with Donnie Darko was that it got such a massive following and a lot of people loved it. And then I just didn't... The more and more people talked about it, I didn't want to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Because expectations get raised then and then you're like, well, you know... See, I've just Googled here if what sort of genre they class it under, and people have put drama, mystery, sci-fi, and thriller. Now, oh. I don't think it's that thriller-ish. <laughs> Chuck to be comedy and horror it. in there and just have a ball. <laughs> comedy um, and action. I mean, exactly. You've got, you've got a bit of everything. Now, it does play a lot on the mental illness act and like cult film and surrealism. Like, it is a bit on the borderline with it, and I think it hits people in different ways. Some people watch it, they'll see, you know, like schizophrenia like there's a lot of like that in it yeah um but 
I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, I'll have to let you uh, borrow it to watch. Yeah. It. I don't want to. I, I think it's time that we should check. We should check out Donnie Darko. We should again an- another thing we could do. God, we'll watch it live. Oh, got all the content. Um, and then obviously we got Star Wars and Coffee, which I'm still editing. You might have seen Star Wars and Coffee be, be the time that this goes up. Um, a little bit harder thing to to edit, but we did. Uh, you want to talk quickly about what we did for the Resident Evil live stream? Oh yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we put a poll out on Twitter, um, in which you can follow down below in the description. But we put a poll out on Twitter because me and Ash first met through pretty much gaming. Um, we both worked at game together. And then, uh, so obviously we've both got a big, big love for gaming at the same time. So we were like, you know, do you want to, do you guys want to see some gaming content on here as well? Uh, and so we decided to do a live reaction to the new Resident Evil 8 trailer, uh, which is on the channel. You can go and check that out. Um, yeah. I it, think it's it one went... of those things where I, th- I personally think it went very well. At some points, we had, I think, up to like six to seven, eight to eight viewers, which is good for a following like we have. Like, again, we're not massive. We, we do this because we enjoy film, TV, and now, obviously, whether we put some gaming on here or not. And I'm not going to say we're going to just put gaming video. It's more going to be gaming content, live reactions. Like, it's not going to be us capturing Modern Warfare 2 montages, 360 scopes. Yeah, no. It's going to be like news, sort of, you know, top things that we're really interested in about, court game following, stuff like that. Yeah, I wouldn't expect a, a reaction to every game trailer that's going to launch, but when there's a big game coming out that we're all interested in, then we'll do a reaction of it. Because, again, a big gaming is a big part of our lives. So, you know, it's when we're not talking movies, we're playing games. So, you know. It's uh, as you can see, I'm a massive Destiny fan. There's new content for that coming out soon and stuff like that. So, I would, I'd expect to see some more on here. But if you don't like it, then I mean, let us know. It's got a good reaction, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, the, it's, the it's done all right. Fairly good reaction. So yeah, it's done all right. So, but yeah. So again, hope look forward to see some more, some more stuff like that over on a podcast. Um, We've got about six minutes or so until we end this podcast again. It's one of those things today. It's been this is it's a sit-in filler why nothing's coming out. Um, so so I been... don't expect us to be hitting fucking thousands of views straight away. We're still really enjoying this format yeah. and just just chatting shit. I guess it's just been a it's just a slow month, isn't it for for films? It's yeah, there's not much. It, it's hard to talk about stuff when there's you know. I mean, how many times have you had the conversation about the films that you've watched today? Do you know what I mean? So it's it's one of them. Until something happens in the movie world, then we're just going to be talking about what we've watched this week, which, again, I've enjoyed because, you know, it makes you think about the things that you've watched this week as well. Instead of just watching it and going, yeah, I enjoyed that. You know, and then on to the next one. You mean my my description of Donnie Darko? (laughs) Well, that's because I've not seen it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it it's one of the things that I think as soon as we start seeing more things coming out, whether it be trailers or actual full fledged Netflix film series, then we'll have a bit more of a, of an interest, I guess, getting new stuff on, and that's what people are going to tune in for more. I imagine um, we it's fine when you've got a cult following and you've got people following you that will want to you know listen to your story, but at the minute we're just trying to build that following. Yeah. So the more things come out, the more the more the channel. Which I think there's going to be. I think the trailers are going to start coming as of. King Kong. I think King Kong's gonna yeah. open the floodgates. The gates will open. Yeah, because I think it's the it, it's it's gonna be one of the biggest films of the year. Personally, um, whether we it, 
we enjoy it or not, I think it's got enough of a following that it'll do really well at the box office. Um, that's if box office is open. But I think that is what is going to start the the whole floodgates because you've got a lot coming in like August, March time. So, because yep. what King Kong Godzilla is March, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. I yeah, the and then you've got, you've got your Mortal don't, Kombat, don't your Space Jams, you know. I mean, you've got your Army of Dead, which there's a lot coming in the next couple of months. So I think we've just got to get through this last week of January. And we're in the quicksand of January, which is, it's always struggle for content. Yeah. Um, so again, we're just trying to blast things out. But the more people enjoy it, the more not. Um, obviously, we're trying to get some more guests on there. We have I spoke to a few people. Um, Carl spoke to a few people. Like we're just trying to figure out the format of it at the minute and whether we want to invite somebody on so early. Um, again, trying to build the gallery at the minute rather than just throwing somebody in it. But it's going to be nice to bring somebody on, get get a talking point with somebody else, and get somebody's ideas behind it, what films they enjoy. But at the minute, I think it's just going to be us two. Oh, for the yes. Time being, just, until, we, until we find somebody to do it. Yeah, and then, like, obviously, we've got a couple of ideas for some other shows that we're thinking about doing, you know, that fleshes the content out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, got some good stuff coming. I'm excited for Star Wars to see how the first episode of Star Wars and Coffee turned out and whether you guys like it. Um, making, making me nervous now because I've not really edited much of it. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, fine. Yeah. That's fine. So, I'm, Star Wars I'm and Coffee, uh, that's a. a I'd say bi-weekly, maybe weekly one that we can... I, th- do. I think it might be bi-weekly at the moment because there's not much Star Wars stuff Star Wars news. news come out this week. I mean, we're clutching at straws with some of the stuff that I've <laughs> got as topics, so... So, so, so we, we, we're struggling with it, but again, it's happening. Um, so I appreciate all the streams that we got over the past couple of days. We are doing all right. The interactions that we've had on Twitter and Instagram, again, thank you so much to the guys that are on there. Um, Twitter is popping at the minute. I'm really enjoying sort of following that from progressing that. So if you're over on Twitter, follow us at Gallery of Podcast. Uh, the Instagram, we are posting clips, highlights, anything cool, funny over on there. That is at the Gallery of Pod. Um, any parting words, Carl? No, that's it. Just uh, have a good day and stay safe. Okay. Peace out, guys. Thank you very much. Peace. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.